At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. Before we get to the questions today, Labs, I understand this is your last Asked and Answered before heading on a little vacation. I got to wonder, am I going to get 100% effort here today, or is it going to be like that last day of senior year where you know it's over and you just have to get through it? Hey, man, I've had senioritis since uh, (laughs) the draft was over. So, um, yeah, I'll... I'll 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 give you I'll give you um I'll give you mostly a hundred percent effort. I don't know if I can be as much of a smart aleck as normal. Usually, <laughs> you know, upcoming vacation mellows me out. But hey, to all the listeners out there, the bright side is um, when I come back from vacation, I'm usually in a pissy mood about it. So oh, who knows what might happen then? Oh, perfect. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some info about your vacation a little later here in the podcast. But let's start things off with Gregory Smith from Gainesville, Florida. And good news, Gregory keeps the streak alive of starting things off with a quarterback question. It's got to be about four weeks in a row now. And he asks, it seems most members of the media are focused on Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Kenny Pickett. But they don't typically mention Chris Oladokun. When talking about the quarterback competition, I actually like him and think he has just as much of a chance of making the team as the rest. Am I wrong? <laughs> um, Am I? <laughs> see, this is this is this is an example of uh, on 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 the way to vacation. Me, um, let's let's. I'll just say uh, Gregory's a little overly optimistic to believe that a seventh-round pick from the FCS program of South Dakota State has as good of a chance to make a 53-man NFL roster in the NFL as a former Pro Bowl quarterback, that would be Mitch Trubisky, a rookie number one pick, Kenny Pickett, and a young veteran with a winning record as a starter, that being Mason Rudolph. Um, I'm not going to say that Chris Oladokun has no chance uh, but he is clearly a developmental, the the developmental player of the group, and most likely will need time to even prove he belongs in the NFL. Um, the other three guys have the background, the bona fides to compete for the starting job in 2022. Now, I'm not going to rule out the fact that Oladokun could develop and have a nice career in the NFL, either as a starter or a backup. 
but putting him right now on the same level as Trubisky, Rudolph, and Pickett <laughs> this summer isn't a very good way uh, to look at things. Let me leave it at that. Do we still count it as a quarterback question if it wasn't a very good quarterback question, in my opinion? <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Gregory. I, I, I'm not I'm, – hey, Gregory, that's that was Tom. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I just uh, – uh, hey, Gregory's not alone in asking not very good quarterback questions <laughs> this offseason. Let's put, leave it like that. James Parker from Springvale, Alabama. Please explain the rules regarding unsigned draft picks participating in OTAs, mini camps, etc. Are they under some temporary contractual agreement? What if they get hurt or are still in school? Also, if and how do they and everyone else get paid during the preseason process, or do they just have to live off signing bonuses or their parents? <laughs> well, there's two things in there that that question that just tickled my funny bone. Uh, number one being um, still in school. <laughs> Um, and, uh, living off their parents. Um, okay. Uh, draft picks who have not signed their rookie contracts, uh, typically buy insurance to protect themselves from any injuries that might be incurred during off season workouts. Um, and I would imagine that a number of, of the guys who have already signed their rookie contracts do so as well. I mean, usually uh, right after rookie mini camp, you'll see, you know, I won't say all of the picks, but, you know, a hunk of them will sign contracts. Mm-hmm. So all of those guys get their signing bonuses right then. Bang. So they're not uh, penniless, so to speak. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, they're like Kenny Pickett, for example. He has not yet signed. The only Steeler so, left, right? Is that correct? Yes, he is the only draft pick left who has uh, is without a contract. And really... Um, you know, the way the league is structured with regards to what we're talking about here is those guys, uh, rookies without contracts, are not prohibited from participating in the offseason program if they are not signed. Uh, veterans are. Now, if you are um, a rookie, well, all players, in order to report to training camp, have to be signed players, have to be under contract. So, Kenny Pickett's deadline uh, would be July 26th, which is um, the day players are to report to St. Vincent College uh, for training camp. Now, let me just say this. There has not been a Steelers draft pick who has held out or, or, you know, another way of putting it, missed any training camp time since 2004. That was Ben Roethlisberger. So once the league, the CBA you know, kind of went through this slotting system and cut back, therefore cut back uh, these signing bonuses, which were, you know, Matthew Stafford, I think he was the guy, the last one, uh, who it was like a $60 million signing bonus, something ridiculous. Uh, The veterans figured out, hey, why are, are we eating up so much salary cap money or allowing so much salary cap money to be eaten up by guys who've never taken a snap? And so they passed some rules that, you know, changed that procedure. So um, I don't have any doubts that Kenny Pickett will be uh, signed in time for the start of training camp, but he is unsigned at this point. Okay, back to the question. Um, Once training camp opens, the players will receive a stipend based on their number of years uh, in the league as uh, 
provided by the collective bargaining agreement. Okay, so also during rookie minicamp, OTAs, and mini and mandatory minicamp, uh, they're they're housed for free. They're fed for free. Um, you know, and if you know you need walk around spending money, I mean that's hopefully that's again that's why I think you see a lot of the later round draft picks sign right away because why hold out for you know arguing over five hundred bucks or something uh, when you might need that money for for whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, but the the bulk of got these contracts are not paid until the regular season starts, and uh, for that you've got to make the fifty three man roster. Jason Praster from San Antonio, Texas. Is Chris Boswell the most accurate place kicker in Steelers history? With the signing of Nick Siaba, NCAA record holder for career field goal percentage, I wonder if he's going to give Boswell a run for his money. Do you know what his longest field goal is? Uh, no, uh, Jason. Um, Chris Boswell is the most accurate field goal kicker in franchise history. He's the fourth most accurate field goal kicker in NFL history. Okay. <laughs> So, and he's perfect in the postseason. Um, you know, again, all due respect to the new guy, um, you're not coming in and beating out Boswell. Uh, you know, I don't care what kind of college career you had, seriously. I mean, I give the Steelers credit for bringing Nick in, Nick Seba in. Uh, and I think that, you know, Chris Boswell has had some injury issues uh, you know, minor injury issues over the course of the previous couple of seasons. So having a guy like, you know, Seba in to work with your people and, you know, get to know Danny Smith and Danny Smith gets to know him. I think it's a nice, uh, you know, down the road, look, uh, looking to the future move. Uh, but I, I don't think Chris Boswell is in any danger of getting, losing his job. In fact, since Boswell is going into the final year of his existing contract, wouldn't surprise me at all if he uh, uh, gets an extension uh, before the start of the regular season, which is September the 11th uh, against the Bengals. Um, Seba, however, just to answer some of the questions that Jason posed, uh, he converted 89.9% during his career at Wake Forest. His longest field goal was 57 yards. Those both pretty much check out to be an NFL kicker, that's for sure. Yes, yes, but I mean Boswell. Boswell uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean he's. You want to um, Justin Tucker and Boswell are one and two. So, um, you know, you're not you're not coming in and um, taking a job from at worst the second best kicker in the NFL, right. who's never missed one in the playoffs. By the way, let me just keep throwing that out <laughs> because um, that's good, right? That's Steelers. pretty good, right? <laughs> Yeah, and he also kicked the Steelers into the playoffs last year in overtime against the Ravens. Doug Keller from Warren, Pennsylvania asks, in a previous installment of Asked and Answered, a fan asked for a list of the top five sack leaders in franchise history. I can't believe T.J. Watt, barring injury, should and will blow past James Harrison. He had 80 and a half sacks, James Harrison did, as the team's all-time sack leader. How many years did it take the top five sack leaders to get where they are on the all-time list compared to where Watt is now? Okay, I'll do top ten because the numbers are very, very close, you know, on the Steelers' right. all-time list. Um, and let's not forget, and I'm going to give it in terms of games played, 
instead of seasons because, you know, we've gone from 14-game seasons to 16-game seasons to 17-game seasons over the course of the careers of some of these guys. Okay. Uh, James Harrison, 80 and a half sacks. He accumulated those in 177 games. Jason Gilden, 77 sacks in 158 games. L.C. Greenwood, 73 and a half sacks in 170 games. T.J. Watt, this is, you know, you, you have a little bit of an idea uh, and l- listen to Watt's stats. 72 sacks in 77 games. <laughs> Cam Hayward is at 68 sacks in 166 games. Joe Green, 66 sacks in 181 games. Joey Porter, 60 sacks in 122 games. Keith Willis, 59 sacks in 126 games. Lamar Woodley, 57 sacks in 94 games. Greg Lloyd, 53 and a half sacks in 131 games. 72 sacks in 77 games. 77 games. It's incredible. And you just think about some of the injury time that he's missed too in his career. Could have been even more. Right. It's it's, it's truly insane. As long as he stays relatively healthy, he will be the all-time leading sack leader this coming season. Before we move on to our next question, I wanted to remind everybody out there that if you want to consume the written version of Asked and Answered, you can find that at Steelers.com or the Steelers' official mobile app. In the offseason, Labs has that up there on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm told during the season, though, they work you a little extra harder. They get you going on an extra day on a game day. On Sundays, you drop a piece, too. Is that right? (laughs) Three three, uh, three Asked and Answered per per week during the regular season. Um, you know, the judge I thought was especially uh, strict with me when he gave me that <laughs> sentence. But, hey, you know, uh, I'm working off some previous bad behavior, I guess. <laughs> Dash Gibson from Barbersville, Kentucky. Is it worth considering trading a number two or a number three draft pick for Javon Hargrave to compensate for the loss of Steph Tewitt? Uh Javon Hargrave, uh, just to refresh everyone's memory, he was a, a third-round pick by the Steelers. Uh, and after his rookie contract expired, he signed a three-year, $39 million contract with the Eagles as an unrestricted free agent. Um, to catch everyone up in 2022, that's, it's, this is going to be the final year of the deal. Uh, and he's due to earn $12.75 million in salary and count $17.8 million on the Eagles' salary cap. Okay, so if, you know, if the Steelers could get Javon Hargrave for a second or third round pick, I, I would seriously, seriously consider it. But I don't see it making any sense from the Eagles' standpoint. I mean, that's the thing about trades. You know, you gotta it's got to be a deal that appeals to both sides. And I don't see how the Eagles would gain anything by this. I mean, because they trade him, then they have to – the uh, prorated – portion of his signing bonus and restructuring uh, deals and all that stuff all come uh, to count on their salary cap immediately. Okay, so then the Eagles get hit with a dead cap charge of $16.758 million on their 2022 salary cap. In exchange, they're going to get a second or third round pick. I mean, and Hargrave is not exactly a declining talent uh, because... He'll be twenty. He'll play this season as a twenty-nine-year-old, and last year he had sixty-three tackles, seven and a half sacks. Excuse me, eighteen hits on the quarterback, and was voted to the Pro Bowl. Okay, so um, <laughs> interior defensive lineman who can do the kind of 
uh, things getting after the quarterback that Hargrave showed he could do as recently as last year for a second or third round pick that's still going to cost them money on their salary cap this year makes no sense to me. So, yeah, um, I would consider it from the Steelers' standpoint. I would not consider it at all if I worked for the Philadelphia Eagles. Ain't that such a shame that it's a two-way street when it comes to trades? You can't just force Yeah, it's too bad you can't just make them right. Yeah. Yep. William Neal from Marshall, Michigan. What exactly is a sub package? How does it work, and how do the Steelers use it? Is it employed primarily on the defensive side, but can it also be used offensively? Okay. Sub package is, 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 sub package is a term. Okay, Generally, it's used uh, to describe a defensive personnel grouping that varies from the team's normal base defensive alignment. Okay, so specifically when we're talking about the Steelers, their base defensive alignment is a 3-4, which means they have four defensive backs as well. Okay, so any derivation from that, if they go to an extra defensive back, five defensive backs, if they go to, um, you know, five linebackers or, uh, you know, however they may, you know, six defensive backs, three safeties, however those – you know, however that is altered, that's considered a sub package. And that's why, you know, we often hear Mike Tomlin says when asked about a nose tackle, for example, you know, he always says, well, we're only in our base defense 30% of the time. So anytime there's, you know, any kind of these substitutions, that's a sub package. And, um, you know, it's, it's usually just, it's a term, the term is usually just used to describe defense because offense that that's that grouping is constantly changing. I mean, three receivers, um, uh, two tight ends, you know, whatever uh, teams hardly, if ever line up more than a few times on offense with, you know, two receivers, two running backs and a tight end. So sub package has used, has come to be known and used to describe defensive personnel groupings keith russell from lakewood california when will the announcement of the inductees into the hall of honor take place my wife and i attended the 2018 ceremony and had a terrific experience we hope to attend again this year when will the game be announced when when the induction ceremony will take place Uh, okay the hall of honor class of 22 will be revealed slash announced um saturday july 30th now that's uh, that that's been happening recently, uh, which is the first Saturday of training camp um, that the Steelers are in training camp. So we're back now to St. Vincent College. So it will be done from St. Vincent College. Uh, now the uh, induction ceremony happens on the night before a regular season game. So that's going to take place on Saturday, November 12th. Uh, the halftime recognition ceremony of the newest in uh, class will be at halftime of the game the following day, which will be Sunday, November 13th. That's when the Steelers host the New Orleans Saints. And if I'm not mistaken, you have your hand on that board, right? You decide who gets to be put into the Hall of Honor? Well, <laughs> So I bribes, get bribes get sent to you Let's... is what we're saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Um Yes, I, I'm, I was honored to be asked to be on the committee by Steelers President Art Rooney II. Um, and yes, I 
sit in on those meetings and um and take travelers checks and <laughs> <laughs> well cash in a bag you know it's preferred it's always, it's always acceptable yeah uh, our last question today comes from Nick Donegan from Modesto, California. When will In the Locker Room return on Steelers Nation Radio? And what do you think Craig Wolfley will have to say about Najee Harris's ham hocks? <laughs> uh, in the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks. Uh, it's, it's, I think this is now its second full gear. That's right. Uh, uh, returns to Steelers Nation Radio once training camp opens. Uh, five days a week it will be from when training camp opens through the end of the season, whenever that might be. So, and it's on the same time um, and it's accessible the same ways as it was um, when it was Tunch and Wolf. Uh, And as regarding your question about Najee Harris, um, I learned a long time ago that when it comes to Craig Wolfley and his um, patented sayings, uh, I'm I'm not going to even try to guess. <laughs> well, most what, of the time they're not even English, might... so. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know I think that uh, let me say this: if you want to know, tune in. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this edition of Asked and Answered. No edition of Asked and Answered next week or the week after that. Labs, you're hitting up vacation. Why don't you clue the folks in on your schedule and when we'll be back with a fresh episode? Uh, well, a couple of weeks off. I mean, this, these next this next month, there's going to be some. Some downtime for me. It always happens at this time of the year. It's the so time of the year next... you got to take it, right? It's the only dead period yes, we got. The, yeah, the the next pod, podcast, Ask and Answered podcast, will be uh, probably hitting Wednesday, July 6th or Thursday, July 7th, depending upon when you get it done, <laughs> Thomas. Um, and uh, then there might be another week of vacation after that. Hey, so, nice. Uh, be be patient, and as I said at the, the top of this one, um, coming back from vacation, as much vacation in a short period of time as I'm looking at right now, usually make leaves me in a sour mood. So we'll have a classic um, episode the, when you return. Then the the snark the snark should be back. <laughs> we'll look forward to that. Enjoy your vacation time, Labs, and we will talk to you guys in a couple weeks here on Asked and Answered. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.